It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Friday, September 2nd, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is going to get an outside perspective on where the Flyers stand with part two of our interview with Joe Yurden. Always interesting to go outside the realm. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, I'm Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with the lovely and talented Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. That's where you'll keep up to date on all of our episodes and Flyers news. You can also email the show at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. On today's show, like I said, we are going to give you part two of our conversation with Joe Yarden. We talked a lot about the Flyers offseason moves and looking ahead to this upcoming season and where they might stand. Really fun conversation. So looking forward to bringing you that. Locked on Flyers is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you listen to podcasts. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus, we're over on YouTube. So subscribe over there as well. Before we get into our conversation with Joe, just want to touch on a little bit of info about John Tortorella. Um, you know, it's September now. Training camp is going to begin this month. Summer is coming to an end. And uh, NHL.com did an interview with John Tortorella. And there was an interesting quote in there about readiness for training camp. So I- I'm just curious what you thought about what he had to say. Yeah, it's it's. It's interesting because he's very old school sending a letter to the players about training camp. I honestly don't ever hear about that. I I see it was done in the old days. I'm not sure it's done much today, even with a new coach, but you know, he's sort of spelling things out, but I think the minute that he got hired, you know, players were on notice. And I think now they're really on notice because he's like, listen, I know that they know that this is going to be, you know, a camp that's a little different, but they don't know it until they're in it. And the best thing I could just tell you is if you just watch series like hard knocks and football or things like that, or even just if you've ever had a managerial change at work, you could kind of tell when you've all of a sudden got a guy that's going to run you hard and all of a sudden things have changed. And so now the flyers training camp will be the hardest that we've witnessed in the last five years. That's no slight to the other coaches. That's just the way this coach does it. And I think the players know it now. Yeah. I mean, it it is interesting and it kind of makes sense that you never really know what something is like until you've been through it. You know, somebody could explain it to you, but you just don't know until, until you're there. Right. Mm -hmm. And he seems to be alluding here to, and we'll we'll put a link to the article in the show notes so you can read the full quote because it's a doozy, but I think that, 
one of the things that he's trying to accomplish here is have these guys kind of go through it together and really bond over going through a very difficult camp. So they've already been through adversity before they hit the season, which is going to be objectively difficult for the Flyers. Right. I think that's a great way to, to do it. They're all going to, you know, sort of huddle together and bitch about it in their off time until it becomes second nature. But at the beginning, it's going to be very hard. Yeah, absolutely. All right. With that, uh, we will get to our conversation with Joe Yurden. Joe, uh, switching over to the Flyers, uh, mm-hmm. just curious to get your outside the Philly bubble perspective on you know, the Flyers off season this summer and what you you think of Chuck Fletcher's effectiveness the past couple of seasons as GM. So um, when the off season started, one of the conversations I had with Lance Lasowski on our, on our on maintenance day, uh, because there were so many job openings, you know, with teams and we looked at all of them. We're like, which team is the one you least want to, if you're a coach is, is the one you you're like, Nope, I'm not doing that one. And my pick was Philly. Cause I, cause I just looked at the roster and I looked at the situation and how things were going. I was like, I don't see this getting better within the next few years with the current setup. Um, and at, having watched how they played the last couple of years, I was like, I don't, I don't like where this is heading. There's, there's some good talent there, but they've been lost in the woods. And uh, last season was really a big crowning on that because they just had, there was nothing that was going right you know, top to bottom. And, and the worst part of it was that a lot of the younger players were really suffering because of it. You know, I, I, obviously Hart was a big one where, you know, he's hurt, but then he plays and he's not great. And it's like, okay, then, you know, Provorov started to struggle and you're like, oh boy, okay. Uh, and then Provorov's fighting with the media and you're like, oh boy, this is, this is going in all kinds of bad places. Um, but the fact that Torts picked Philly was fascinating because I figured, well, Torch probably wants a place where he's not going to get headaches. He's going to get nothing but headaches in Philly. But to me, that's the kind of challenge that a guy like him loves. You know, like right. he's, he recognizes that there's some good talent on that team. Mm-hmm. And he watched, I'm sure he watched plenty of tape of how they played the last two years. And he probably made him pull his hair out. And he wasn't even coaching them, watching them, you know, watching some of the decision making, some of the, you know, the system stuff, all that stuff where he's going, I don't know what the hell this team's doing. I, 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 let me handle this. I can I can get this turned around. Now, Kenny or not, I don't know. I, I mean, not this. I don't think you out. can this one season. No, not not right away. But I I hope fans in Philly are ready for this to be kind of like a torts figures out whose guys are and they aren't. And they I would say seventy percent of the fan base is ready for that, even though they were told otherwise. What do you think, Rach? Yeah, I, w- I would say that's about right. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, to me, Philly's always entertaining. I love Philly. Like I, there's no reason for me to love Philly or the Flyers or any of that, but, but like Philly, like Flyers fans are some of my favorite people around because they're very locked in on reality to a point where they're almost like, and this is going to sound like a damning, you know, damning praise, but it's very Leafs like with you know at least with fans on twitter anyhow where the gallows humor is outstanding right like flyers gallows humor is some of the best stuff out there and it's the best way to cope because because yep. if you because if, if you let the bad news drown you out you're just gonna you're gonna suffer even more 
But if you can handle it with a plum and just kind of roll with it and just be like, all right, well, what did you expect? This is, of course, how it turns out. Um, but it's this it's a team that I would like to see play more younger guys, which I, I think they kind of have to this year. I don't think there's much, too much of a choice. But um, but I, I, I don't know. I just I, – I don't know. It, it's, it's really tough just because – because I, I do, there, there's a lot of guys there I do want to see succeed. Like, I love Couturier. You know, um, I remember covering him when he was in Glens Falls with uh, during the lockout season. He was just like a wide-eyed kid that year, just kind of learning the ropes of pro hockey and, and all that stuff. And here he is in freaking Glens Falls, New York, playing in, playing in this old barn with, you know, with Terry Murray coaching him and all this stuff. And I was just like, I was like wow, okay, this is, this, is a heck of a, this is a heck of a setup for you, for you bud. You know, welcome, welcome out of Quebec and – you're you're just going a couple a couple hours. Well, the Flyers time. missed Terry Murray. He re, he retired. They still could have used him a couple more years. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Well, I mean, hey, listen, not everybody gets the chance to go go coach in Buffalo, for uh, you know, uh, with uh, who did he jump? In? He jumped in with Bilesma, I think. Yeah, Bilesma's assistants, I think. So, uh, I don't know. That's that was six and one half dozen of the other, I suppose. But, um, but yeah, he. I just, I don't know. It feels like I've been, there's certain guys in the flyers that I've been reading about for years where it's like, well, where are they, you know, when's it going to happen? When, you know, when's it coming together? Morgan Frost is one of them. I'm just kind of like, when, when's this guy going to take off? Like I've been hearing about him for like five years. It feels like when's it happening. And it feels like it felt like for like three years, he was being held, held down against, you know, against proper thought. And now it's like, he's there. And it's like, what's he doing? Like what's happening? Like, how's this going to work? But yeah, it's uh I don't know. It's uh, it's. I'm gonna be. It's gonna be very interesting to watch them. I obviously a lot of Chuck Fletcher's moves. I don't agree with. I think. I don't think that. I don't think that's. uh, I don't think that puts me in the minority at all. No. (laughs) But um, yeah. I I I don't know. It. I know if I'm the Flyers, I'm taking stock of where the Wild are right now after Chuck left and being like, "Huh, wow, weird. That's funny. They're really good now. That's that's interesting. They they were kind of average before and then." They're really good. That's interesting. Hmm. Only took two seasons. Right. You know, I mean, you know, listen, I mean, Garen did a lot of work there, but also there were some of those draft picks that Chuck made that like just kept them in the minors or kept them in, kept them abroad and was just kind of like, yeah, no, no, we'll take our time. And, They're you know, all here now, Joe. You know, Joel Erickson, ex number one center. To... Like, wow, weird. That's, <laughs> that's crazy. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> all right. We'll be back with more with Joe Jordan coming up next. But first, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. You can find league reviews and news on every league, including Major League Baseball and all the info leading up to the upcoming NFL, NBA, and NHL seasons. They even cover combat sports, esports, and golf, too. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to scores and podcasts and more. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events. So head to the BetOnline website today or use your mobile device. You can learn more about all the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. So the other part, I think, of what Chuck Fletcher kind of struggled with and again, looking for your sort of outside perspective on this, we saw a whole bunch of teams this offseason clear cap space to make moves. And for some reason, Chuck Fletcher was like, can't be done. Can't do it. His quote was, so, it's hard to do it. 
it's hard to do it. So what do you, what do you think about that? That do you think he just wasn't willing to pay a high enough price or that people kind of wanted to charge him more, so to speak, because they knew what kind of spot he was in? But do you think it really was doable and he just couldn't get it done? Or do you really think it is that hard? Uh, I think, uh, well, it depends on, I guess, who you're trying to trade with. Because if you're trying to trade with another team that's got cap issues, yeah, it's going to be really hard. Like that's going to be exceedingly difficult. And of course, that team would want to extract a price out of you for taking taking on somebody who's who makes a bunch of money, James Van Um mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, like there was there was something that was kicking around that like you know uh, Buffalo was was a place that Van Riemsdyk could have gone, but it would have cost Philly like a first round pick down the road. I mean, I I can understand not wanting to do that. I get it. Like, because you're about to start rebuilding, I guess, in a way. Can't be just coughing up first rounders, but I don't know. If you need to free up that money, well, you got to buy him out and keep, you know, you got to keep two thirds of that on your cap for two years. No. Well, that's the delicate position because had they just said they were rebuilding, then at least it's like, okay, I get it if you jettison some more guys out. Now, the first rounder still, I get it if you don't want to do that. But um, for a lot of other things, it would have eased up mm-hmm. the the angst. And I think the fact that Chuck was trying to go with that message for as long as he could until it was so obvious that even the coach can't go along with it, that, you know, then it's just like, okay, well, whatever. It doesn't matter what I said. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can understand because I'm looking at their draft picks. Like they don't have a second rounder the next two years. Like, okay. You know, mm-hmm. like, you, you, you gave away two top 60 picks in other trades. Like, okay. Like they add, you know, they got a, what a conditional one with Florida. Okay. That, you know, in 24. Like, all right. But I mean, y- your farm system needs help. You know, you gotta, you have to have a, a better influx of talent and you don't have the picks to, to really help make that happen. Um, that's a really hard spot to be in. Now, obviously like you can address that by trading out somebody who's very talented and pulling picks from somebody else. But, but at that point, like if you're saying like, no, we're not rebuilding. Well, you're lying completely by doing, you know, by doing that. But, you know, it's like, you know, what guy, what guy would they move? That's got to get them. That's going to be able to bring in a first instead of giving away a first to take somebody away. Like that's. You know, well, the it, sad part is um, the thought was maybe Travis Konechny could. And I guess we found out right. that he probably couldn't. Mm-hmm. And then the one guy who could is Travis Sanheim, But. Torts probably wants to see what he could do with them, but he's also a UFA at the end of the year. So it's a, you know, that's another situation. Yeah, that's, that's a tough spot. I mean, hey, listen, they got Tony D'Angelo to, you know, kind of fill things out, I guess. But sure. um, yeah, that's, I mean, he plays on the back line. It's not much yeah. of, not much of a defender back there, but he he's going to be the number two as, as like right now currently constituted. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was I had to look to see if Torts coached him the first time around with New York, and no, he did not. No, he didn't. No. That's gonna Before be really, time. really interesting. That's gonna be really interesting. And also, like that might be the other guy where it's like teach this guy how to play defense because he can he can certainly play offense, but man, he couldn't defend me on the ice, and I can't skate. So yeah, but like I I don't know I I know some of the signings didn't really I, the signings didn't make sense. You know, like, I mean, Delorier, I love I love Delorier, super dude. I don't know how he's getting four years. Like that's that made no sense to me. I, I just I'm at a loss. I just I just don't under, I don't understand how a four year contract 
for 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 Nick happens. Good for Nick. I'm glad for him. He's got family and the whole thing. But like, geez, dude, like I. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But I, I, I mean, you, you look up and down the roster and it's, it's not very impressive. And, you know, you're hoping for, you know, I, I know you're, you're hoping for like a Noah Cates to maybe take a step or a Bobby Brink or, you know, when, he, when he's back, mm-hmm. uh, Owen Tippett, maybe, you know, maybe finally, because it took him forever to, to get to the NHL. Maybe now he can, he could take, take a jump. Maybe Farabee takes another step. You know, it, it's a lot of ifs going into the season. And if you got a lot of ifs, you, you got a lot of problems and that that's where it's at for them right now. And I, I don't know, but, but trying to, trying to free up money. I don't know. I'm looking at some of these, you know, some of the, the bigger cap cap hits and I'm like, well, a, you know, how are you moving them? B who's taking them, you know, like, I mean, like, I mean, they just signed D'Angelo. They're not trading him. You know, Provorov's money, like, you're not giving up on him yet. Um, you know, I mean, they could have bought out JVR. Yeah. I'd, have bought, I'd have bought out yeah. JVR. I, that, he's the only guy that would have made sense. But I, I, I can I can understand Fletcher being like, well, I don't want to have a cap hit spread out over two years. It's like, well, that saves you a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just you're committing, you know, a player's worth of money to next year. But, you know, like, who, who's that money? You know, who who's getting who, – who are you possibly taking out of your own hands by, by moving that money? Like who are your UFAs that, you know, Morgan Frost, Cam York, like those guys aren't going to get giant cash ins yet. Like they're not. No, and even Sanheim won't. No. So I, and Sanheim might not even be in Philly after, after the season. So, you know, I don't know. It, it's, I, I wish there was a way I could describe how Fletcher runs things, but it's so much of it is about now he manages so much for now that he's not even really focusing on a year or two down the road where that you're, that's where your focus has to be all the time. You know, like you got to manage now, but you got to have, you got to make sure things are taken care of. A they say they're managing both. Jeff. Well, I'm looking at their cap friendly and I got to say, I disagree with that yeah, <laughs> because I, I just, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's just, I mean, some of the, like, you know, the Risto extension made zero sense. It just made absolutely zero sense. You know, four years for D'Lo, okay, right, whatever. You know, the Atkinson contract, I, don't, I didn't hate that. It's just he's a little bit older for it, and now it's now he's 33, and it's like he might be looking every bit of 33 soon, you know? Like, it's the same age as Van Riemsdyk, and Van Riemsdyk, they're kind of like, yeah, he's done. It's like, well, guy the same age has got three more years with you, bud. Like, well, at least they're, they're different in the sense that Atkinson has – legitimate jump when he plays when he's healthy yeah. and you don't really see that jump very often out of van reamsdyke other than occasional games i don't really think of jvr as a as a guy with jump like he's no playing. once in a while you'll see like a, a spring in his step on a shift and he'll get in there and, and he'll get a goal that's what i mean i don't mean like burning okay. speed or anything i just say. mean like <laughs> i just i just mean like a burst of energy i hate to say it like that but a lot right. of times you don't see that out of jvr i I wonder how much of that is because of the, how much of a bummer the situation is where you just, you know, you're going to, you're, you go into a game and then suddenly you're down two nothing, you know, five, you know, seven, eight minutes into the game. You're just kind of like, what are we doing here? Like, just this stinks. You know, like I, you have to be a pro obviously and not think yeah. that, but after a while, like, how does it not set into your mind? I've always said this about the Sabres for years. Like, it's like, it's like, well, you just get to get over losing. It's like, well, what if you've been here for five years and you've been losing for five straight years? How do you, how do you address that in your mind? How do you like, 
how do you not start going well here we go again the second no, thing's fair. rough you know and he's a good guy he doesn't rock the boat but no, whatever I, you know big fan of jbr love them in toronto but um but yeah it's i don't know it, very it's, stylish fellow as well yeah and like love them in college too i watched him a bunch of unh and it's funny because his when he signed when he re, when he went back to philly the other team that was interested in him was buffalo and i remember thinking that's not the right guy for buffalo to be going after right now and this was you know, this was Bot- this was under botrell and they were they were trying to shake off all the murray missteps and then it's like you're gonna give seven million a year to, to jbr on a team where i don't know where he fits like is he gonna play on eichel's line maybe like i don't know i don't know where you where you'd put him on those teams but right um i mean probably a good thing for buffalo they didn't do it but he wouldn't have been wouldn't have been a bad idea to try to grab him you know and to get a pick out of it too you know from philly this year but um but it would have been would have been another it the, the you know the buffalo forward house is very crowded already and i don't think they wanted to crowd out uh quinn or Paterka from getting a shot so i get right. it I, I get it but but yeah it's i don't know it's a mess for chuck fletcher and half of it's his own doing yeah, I, I think there's a lot to that and that it's going to be real tough for them to compete, but it's going to really have to be the torts factor, I think, going into the season to create some discipline and maybe get more out of the guys that are that are there. All right, we will wrap up with Joe Yurden and get to our gritty thing of the week next. But first, an important message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stoned? What's the worst that can happen? You end up driving below the speed limit? It's no big deal, right? Wrong. The truth is your reaction times slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you're using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high or get a DUI. Do you have any sort of final words on where you think the Flyers could end up in the division? Uh, well, um, I don't like the prospects right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. There, there's, I don't know. The top half of that division is basically set. I think there's still questions with a handful of those teams. Like, you know, Pittsburgh, are they going to, you know, is Pittsburgh going to finally start coming back to the pack? What does Washington do without Backstrom? I think there's opportunity there for teams to to suddenly climb up. But I don't know. Like, you know, I, I know Columbus is going to be, a, a you know, a kind of a sneaky pick for people because, you know, mm-hmm. the attic Goudreau and all that stuff. But um, I don't know. Like, Devils, should the Devils might maybe be better? I know if Blackwood can stay healthy and play. Like, I don't know. Like, you know, Islanders, is you know, is Lambert going to be able to do anything? Mm-hmm. No, I don't like how like the, everything about the Isles situation feels very uncomfortable, and you know Philly's Philly's got a whole bunch of problems. So, to me, they're a team that's say, uh, anywhere between sixth and eighth. I think is is a fair spot for them, probably on the lower end of it, though. Yeah, uh, you know it's definitely possible. So, we'll <laughs> we'll see how it plays out. But I, I do think that. Uh, as far as you know, taking steps forward, that the Flyers took the fewest of those steps in the division. Let's yeah. say, yeah, I'll I'll give them 
I'll give them some leeway. They might not be the worst team in the East. I think Montreal is going to make a very solid. There you run. go. I think I think Montreal. All right. Very, Something to look very, forward to. Very solid run at being the worst team in the East. Maybe you know, one of the worst in the league, probably. But uh, but I don't know. Marty St. Louis seems like he's he's got his stuff together there. So maybe there'll be a mild surprise that they won't be as dead set on rock bottom. But. <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, I, I again. I feel for Philly fans, man. I it's I get it, I get it completely. But geez, it's it's gonna it's probably gonna be tough the next couple of years. Yeah. All right. On that positive note, <laughs> I'm so <Wow>. sorry. Wow. <laughs> I think it's only a Buffalo guy saying that. So you know, it's uh. That's yeah, true. That's not true. That's actually not gonna help things out at all. <laughs> All right. Where can people find you and your work this upcoming season? You can find uh, you can find uh, our podcast every Monday. Uh, it's called Maintenance Day. It's a Sabres podcast, so uh, Flyers fans probably not going to be too excited to, to listen to it. But uh, but we 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 keep it we keep it pretty uh, pretty good though. So I mean, well, uh, obviously I think it's the best podcast on earth. But I don't want to you know just say that on somebody else's podcast. That's pretty rude. But, but you did. But I, I guess I just did. So, yeah. So just, yeah, just listen to it. If you hate the Sabres, listen to it that way, too. You can just yell at us. It's fine. Uh, but you can yell at me on Twitter, uh, at Joe Yerdon, J-O-E-Y-E-R-D-O-N. Uh, Bleacher Report, I'll be doing a bunch of stuff there. Lots of stuff is up there already. Been doing it, having fun with it. Uh, also, uh, Noted Hockey on Substack, I will be doing much more Sabres work there, which, again, I know you're probably not excited about it, but don't worry. I'll keep it fun and lively. Please subscribe to it when uh, when it's when it's good and ready to go. I mean, subscribe now, obviously, but um, but it'll get uh, get much more uh, fun later on. All right. Thanks so much, Joe. Thanks. All right. Once again, thanks to Joe Yarden for joining us this week. Such a fun conversation. He's a wonderful guy and also very smart about hockey. Yeah, he knows his stuff. Joe's fun, and and he really, you know, he lays it right out there. He does. All right, wrapping up with the gritty thing of the week. Uh, apparently, the NHL had some mascot awards and social media awards, and uh, Gritty was not shy about posting that he was the triple crown winner in all these awards. Uh one mascot of the year skit of the year and social media moment of the year for nhl mascots so that's pretty good uh, all things we covered during the year the water ice skit which was very funny mm -hmm. um that's the one way that people can tell i'm from the philadelphia area is the way i say water ice for sure and... you say it weird you do <laughs> <laughs> and then the uncut gems uh clip which was also very funny that we talked about and i had to mm -hmm. explain it to you because it's a tiktok meme you did yeah i mean listen good for gritty uh right now these off-season awards are great but when the season starts i still tell i i still say that john tortorella will will interact with gritty once this year and that will be it i don't know when it'll happen but i don't expect any more so gritty's going to be on his own this year yeah, I the only thing that might be an exception to that is if they do some sort of thing with dogs. I think that that, right. that could change it. But in terms of just a one-on-one -on -one interaction, I would be surprised if it happens more than once. Me too. 
All right, that will do it for today's show and for the week. We'll be back again on Monday with the latest in Flyers land. We'll have our nemesis of the week as well. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So send in your mailbag questions via Twitter at Flyers. You can also email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Thanks again for listening. You made us your first listen today. Now for your next listen, go check out the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022. It's an eight-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NFL season. Local team experts from the Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey NFL Insiders all combining into one Ultimate NFL Preview. Search for Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.